trumpets. Historically, they've been used to warn of danger or to alarm the people or to call them to battle. And today, in the book of Revelation, we are going to come to the topic of the trumpets. Trumpets are given as warnings. And do we see possible warnings in the earth today of trouble to come? Throughout the scriptures, we read that God sends warning. Chapter 8 of Revolution, uh, Revelation uh, introduces the eight trumpets. And let me tell you where that takes place. Remember, we got into chapter uh, 4 and 5, and we heard about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. These are ongoing troubles that are on the earth. Conquest, war and bloodshed, economic famine and collapse, plague, Do we see those at work in the world? And then the fifth seal that was opened, we saw that the martyrs were were killed. And then in the sixth seal, there were natural disasters that came upon the earth. And then there's this interlude that takes place between the sixth seal and the seventh seal. We see four angels holding back the forces of the earth. And then we see that a multitude from every tongue and tribe and nation is sealed by the Lord and that they are also washed. And now we're going to move to the seven trumpets. Uh, Here's another way of looking at it. The lamb opens the seals, opens one through six, then there's the interlude in heaven. Then he's going to open the seventh seal. And then what when he opens the sixth seal, then, he's gonna ha- then there's going to be seven trumpets. Six trumpets, interlude, and then the seventh trumpet. And I'll give you a hint. When that seventh trumpet sounded, that's going to give way to six or seven bowls of wrath. And so there's just this pattern in the book of Revelation. But we're going to start with chapter 8, verse 1 through 5. It introduces what the seven trumpets mean and are. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel, who had a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer, with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne." The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So let's go back to verse 1. Verse 1 says, the seventh seal is opened. And what follows is 30 minutes or about a half hour of silence in heaven. This is either cosmic times, how they tell time in heaven, or maybe it was a half hour time of silence in John's vision. Maybe he just knows it's about a half hour. But there is silence in heaven. 
And when there is silence, often in Scripture it means God's about to act. There's silence between the time of Malachi the prophet and uh, the coming of the announcement of of Jesus' birth. But in that silence, God was telling the world, I am ready to act in a big way. We read about it in other places in Scripture. For example, in Habakkuk 2.20, the prophet has just announced a series of woes on Judah, and then he says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. In Zechariah 2.13, we read, Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. So this is God ready to act in judgment. So silence in heaven often means God's ready to act. But at the same time, the scripture calls us to be silent, O earth. The Psalms call us to be silent. And so uh, we're going to practice silence this morning. Not for a half hour, but we're going to do it for three minutes. Now, you're thinking, oh, three minutes, okay. Let me warn you, it's going to be tough. Because what we're wanting you to do is to be quiet before the Lord. You're going to have all kinds of thoughts racing in your mind. You're to be quiet and just focus on the Lord. Um, you're going to be fidgety, quiet, and come before the Lord. If things start coming into your head, then just say, Lord, I'm mindful of you, and then just go back to waiting on the Lord. We want our spirits to be silent. However, you are allowed to listen to the Lord, to listen for the Lord. Got it? We're going to be silent before him. We're going to do three minutes of silence. Starting now.
Okay. That's three minutes. In, ha- in heaven, there was a half hour. You know, we live in a culture where it's really difficult to be silent. We have the radio or the TV going or some podcast or we always have things running through our mind. Even our prayer is just talk, 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 talk. There's a place for us to be quiet before the Lord. It's a discipline to develop. And so I'm going to challenge you this week to practice silence. Write a day on your calendar and you're going to say, Silence, and it can be three minutes. You've done three minutes. Or it can be 30 minutes. That'll be tough. Um, But just see what the Lord does with that time. I believe that um, when we can quiet our hearts before the Lord and then ask the Lord to speak, then it is that our hearts can hear what the Spirit is wanting to say to us through the scriptures or uh, to give us direction. But silence is part of hearing. Now, after the silence in heaven, John sees something. Verse 2, And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. So each of these trumpets will announce a judgment. The judgment will be limited in scope. When John says uh, that they'll affect a third of the earth, that's metaphorical language for him saying it's not going to touch the whole earth, but it is going to be targeted at certain peoples and places. And so God has designated who will receive these judgments and they are in response to the prayers of his saints. And now we read in verse 3, another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. So now there's an angel who has a bowl or a censer with incense in it, and as the incense rises, they're telling us that also the prayers of God's saints are rising. Now we did this in worship once before, and um, we're going to do it again, and we're just going to use incense to help remind us that our prayers Rise to God. I'm going to um, tell you what we're going to pray for and then go ahead and pray for the things I prompt you to pray for. And I'll tell you when we'll switch topics. Um, in, In the book of Revelation... When the saints pray, they, 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 they voice them, right? You don't see anyone praying like this, right? They say something. So at least whisper your, your prayers to God. Let's move our mouths and actually vocalize them in some way. They can be whispers. Um, 
but in that way we emulate the prayers of the saints. So uh, let me prompt you. Lord, we're going to lift up the Ukraine, and we're going to intercede for their people, for your will, and for uh, your deliverance in the war. Hear our prayers for this. Let your prayers ascend to God. Now we are going to pray for the persecuted church around the world. And if you know any of our missionaries at this point and want to intercede for them also, we will pray for them. But this is the time to pray for the persecuted church and for our mission partners. Go ahead and intercede for them. Now we're going to pray for our nation, and we're going to include our national leaders, President Biden, Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense. We're going to pray for wisdom for them, especially during this time of crisis. We want the Lord to be leading them. So lift up them and our entire nation.
Now we're going to pray for a re- for revival. Revival is when the Holy Spirit comes to a, a place and many people repent, many come to Christ. We want to see that in Wichita and we want to see a harvest of people who believe in Jesus in our city. So let's pray for a harvest in our city and you can also pray for our city government and for the city itself. Now we're going to pray for our church, our witness, our ministries. Okay, we're going to wrap up our prayer. Tell Jesus you'll talk to him later. Okay, now we're going to come back to our text. The angel took the censer, and the censers were the incenses. And the incenses flowing up to the Lord were told that these are the prayers of the saints. And then the angel takes that censer. He goes to an altar that's in front of the throne, takes fire from the altar and puts it in the censer. Then he takes the censer and he throws it down to the earth. And when it hits, there's lightning and thunder and rumblings and an earthquake. This is language of judgment. And it's in response to the prayers of the saints. Now, uh, earlier we read 
in chapter 6, verse 10 of Revelation, what the saints were praying for. These were the saints that were martyred, and they were calling out to God for justice. Their souls are in heaven, but they're still praying. And here was their prayer. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? So the Lord's sovereign. He's in control. He's holy. He's not going to let evil go on indefinitely. And he is just. He is going to act. And how long is it going to take until you make things right, until you bring judgment against evil? Well, now the Lord is going to act. Their blood cries out to God from the altar. Now, you see the same kind of idea in Genesis chapter 4, verse 10, where after Cain kills his brother Abel, God says to Cain, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And so innocent blood cries out to God for justice. This is what the martyrs are praying. And his response to those who attack his church and kill his saints is judgment. And so when the the censor hits the earth, what follows are judgments, and these will be the trumpets. Now, these judgments, the trumpet judgments, are warning judgments. Enough to warn the earth. They're not the bold judgments that will affect the whole earth. And when you get to the bold judgments, you're going to think, oh my, you do not want to be living on the earth when these things come. These are limited in scope, but you don't want to be uh, the object of these as well. But there will be trumpets that warn the world and warn God's people that it's time to repent and to look to God. So, what do we do with this? What do we do with this scripture? Well, we need to know that God judges evil and that he'll bring judgment on those who persecute and kill his saints. Those nations that persecute the church will be judged. And when I was studying this passage, thinking about the blood of the saints crying out and the blood of Abel crying out, I also thought of the blood of millions of innocent babies whose lives are terminated in the womb. Will God not judge the nation that promotes this, celebrates it, and actually coerces other nations to do the same? So I want to talk about something we can do. On August 2nd, it's a primary election, there will be an amendment that will seek to amend the Kansas Constitution and add to the Kansas Bill of Rights a bill that's called Value Them Both. We're going to value mom and we want to value baby. 
And a, a yes vote is a vote that says, yes, I want life. Now, here's why um, it's necessary. The Kansas legislature has passed some restrictions on abortion. Like, you have to have an ultrasound before you can have an abortion. And the doctor performing it needs to have admitting rights to a hospital so that if something goes wrong, uh, uh, the mother can be taken to the hospital. There's, there's uh, certain restrictions on it, but the Kansas Supreme Court is striking down these laws. Now, around us are states, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, probably soon Iowa, who are going to restrict the timing of abortion. And that will leave Kansas as the destination for abortions. They are predicting that the abortion rate in Kansas will go up 1,000% if we don't have this amendment. Now, here's why this concerns me. When I read scripture, whether it's the book of Daniel or whether it's the book of Revelation, the message is clear. God judges nations. He judges them for their morality. He judges them for their choices. He judges them for neglecting the innocent. I don't want my nation to come under judgment, nor do I want the state I live in to come under judgment. And so we, God's people, need to do what we can do to protect the unborn. Because if you are a human being one hour after you're born, then you're a human being one hour before you're born. And you're a human being one month before, and that viability, and when you have a heartbeat, and when you have brain waves, that puts it at about six weeks. So when the time comes, vote yes. It's, it's part of what we can do to act righteously on the earth. Repentance starts with the saints of God. Our walk has to be according to the commands of Christ. And no, we don't walk perfectly. And when we realize we don't, we correct our way. And God is merciful. But he still wants us to walk in his way. I believe that we do see warnings on the earth. When 9-11 happened, I wondered if that was not a warning shot across the bow. America, come back to me. And for a few days and weeks, we even saw the Congress praying and calling out to God. Churches were full. We thought, maybe this is a time America returns back to God. But a few weeks later, nothing. A few summers ago, we had racial strife in our nation. Could that be God saying, you know, I want you to think about justice? Then we had COVID hit. We thought a lot about mortality. Our schedules are disrupted. Many of us realize, man, our schedules are just so full. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy. And we had time to be quiet and build family and build connection with the Lord. Did we hear that warning? And then there was just humility. I mean, we were humbled with Afghanistan. 
Could it be the Lord saying, America, I am humbling you. Look to me. And I think now we are seeing warnings in the world. We see evil on move in the world. God is calling the world to look to him. And if during this time we look to him and intercede for the Ukraine and pray that God is glorified in it, I believe he will hear his saints in the world calling out to him. The trumpet is sounding. Repent and bring all you can to Christ. Christ.